0: I want you to imagine this idea of getting your life together, which we'd all like to do if we're not already doing it, in the same way as you'd approach the seemingly insurmountable task of cleaning out your house, room by room. Throughout my twenties and into my early thirties, I've been engaged pretty much full-time in this clear-out project. There have been some speed bumps along the way. Think of those piles of tangled Christmas lights which you look at and think, I'll probably die before I ever manage to sort these out but I'm proud to say that I've had some success in clearing through what I would describe as the more significant piles of crap that held me back for so long. For one, I can say that I've got to a point of owning my anxiety so that it doesn't own me, as chronicled in my first book, Owning It. That was a big one. For another, I have karate chopped through my fear of failure, allowing for courage and lasting self-confidence, all of which you'll find chronicled in book number two, The Confidence Kit. Another biggie. I've also learned to work with what I've got, rather than what I don't have. This is, in and of itself, a game changer and means I can create the best possible experience for myself. Having got these tasks out of the way, and don't let me sugarcoat it, it took a long bloody time and also requires regular maintenance, I then found myself left with the task of clearing out those last few drawers of annoying why am I still holding on to this clutter? Those bits of crap that are always there, that we tend to overlook, that we know we should face but find umpteen reasons not to we think, I'll get to that someday. And of course, we never do. For me, these are the seemingly innocuous blockages that stand between us and total clarity. It's the one cupboard you've yet to address. And while there may be no sense of urgency to do so, what's in there isn't necessarily preventing you from living your life. You just know you'll feel a lot more calm and more at ease when you do. You'll create more space where you live and where you live is in your mind and body. In my version of this cupboard, you'll find things such as old batteries, more lint rollers than it's ever necessary to own. No wait, that's the actual contents of my random shit drawer. In my proverbial drawer, you'll find the likes of imposter syndrome, people pleasing behaviours, jealousy and envy, social comparison, a tendency towards burnout, any and all of these super fun things. What's in your cupboard may differ from what's in mine, but from what I've learned, it seems these kinds of items are pretty common and they bother us. They create stress in our lives, adding to a constant hum of anxiety that starts to become our new normal. They build up over time and even though we try our best to deny them and look the other way, for example automatically thinking someone else's bad mood is your fault, eventually we can't ignore the negative impact these things, these behaviours, are having on us. Unfortunately though, addressing what's in this imaginary cupboard, along with everything else you might already have faced in your life thus far, isn't always a comfortable process it's hard work and it requires a lot of energy. What's more, these aren't habits or behaviours we've learned overnight, so we can't expect to unlearn them overnight either. It requires us to really look inside ourselves to see what's not working for us and then have the courage to change it or the guts to get rid of it. In my own attempts at clearing through these things, I've realised that what's really required to get the job done is this, a willingness to be vulnerable. We need to allow ourselves to be vulnerable in order to look at what we've got and what we're dealing with. We need to become vulnerable if we're to really ask ourselves why we are the way we are and why we do the things we do before we can make a change. Why, you ask, does this require vulnerability? Because we might not like what we find. We won't want to admit, for example, that we struggle to celebrate others' success because it threatens our own. Nobody wants that plastered on their Twitter bio, but staring down the barrel of this truth and confronting it in order to change it is what must be done. And in order to do that, we need to allow ourselves permission to be vulnerable. Interestingly, the more I thought about vulnerability as being the essential ingredient for achieving any kind of personal development, the more it emerged to me as the most obvious and unavoidable theme that would bring this whole book together. I'll go into far more detail on the power and definition of vulnerability when we get to chapter five. For now, I only ask that you open yourself up to the idea of vulnerability, which to me involves being the most authentic version of yourself, rather than the curation of your best bits that go on social media. The you that's how you are, as you are, when you are, and not how you think you should appear. Get this part right, even if it's just between you and me for now, and you'll soon reap the rewards.